Well, good morning and welcome again to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. We're so glad to have you. For those of you that are joining us online, thank you for being with us as well. Uh, if you've uh, been around for any period of time at Press, you'll notice we have changed a few things up. Uh, and so what I'd like to let you know, if you would like to access our weekly bulletin, you can, we have a QR code that you can, you can snap now that gives you our weekly bulletin, what's going on here at Press. Uh, we don't have our typical announcement video. If you're, again, if you've been here, if you're new, you have no idea what I'm talking about, so it's fine, don't worry about it. Uh, but I, I love, uh, well, there's two things I want, I'm, I'm like getting ahead of myself. Uh, for those of you who like to get here late, we are actually running a welcome video before service that gives a little more information. So that's a, a little maybe like uh, encouragement to get here before service starts. Uh, obviously, I know hey, everybody's got stuff. Yeah, I, I get it. That, that wasn't like a, a, like a judgy thing. Um, but the other thing is um, I, I love the fact uh, that the prayer that we just did. Uh, this is something that the pastors, as Jason said, something the pastors we've been talking about for a little while. And something about uh, coming together and all speaking the same thing and all praying the same thing. And we figured with us starting a brand new series on prayer, what a perfect time to, to introduce that. Um, all right, I want to celebrate real quick. Uh, who was able to help with Monster Mash this last Sunday? Raise your hand. Yeah, what, what? We had about 300 people, a little over 300 people. I, over 300 people. We stopped. We lost count after 300. Uh, we had about 300 people come through on Sunday, and it was it was a great time. It was a great uh, way for us to serve the community uh, and and welcome them, give away candy, and just have a good time uh, together. We actually put a little a uh, little video together of the event. So do, if we have that, why don't we go ahead and watch that real quick just to celebrate what happened. Give a round of applause for everybody who's able to be a part of that. It was a good time. You'll have to be a part of it when we do it next. Um, yeah, thanks so much. It's, it's through your support that we can do things like this. And I was telling the team before service, uh, stuff like this is, it's, it's less about like, hey, we have this church, you should come to our church. It's more about letting the community know that we're here and we care about them and doing things that's going to interact with them. So we had some great conversations, some people that showed interest in, in press and what we're doing. But if nothing else, it supports the fact that we care about families, we care about kids, and we care about reaching uh, the community around us. So thank you so much for everybody that was part of that. Um, one last thing before we get into the message for today. Um, as we end well, as we we're getting into the end of the year, we are going to be launching a, uh, a basically a new campaign, a giving campaign for the end of the year. We're going to call it the Go 
campaign. And uh, basically what this campaign does is for us to close our gap, the, the financial gap that we have to our budget, and also support the vision of the things that we want to do at Press, some of the things that we've shared with you. So we're calling it GO. G stands for gap, closing the gap, and O stands for opportunity, the opportunity to support the vision of what Press Church is doing. Um, you know, during the generosity camp or the generosity series, we mentioned some areas that we would like to, to fund and support that directly go to taking care not only of this building and this property, but also reaching the people in our community. We've already been able to pay for the parking lot reseal. If you're here today, again, you can see the parking lot, brand new reseal. And so that's something we can celebrate right there, being able to pay for that. Um, and so that's awesome. But with your help, we can again, close the, the budget gap that we have for the end of the year and also help put money into those areas of support. And so this is specifically what we're gonna ask of you and ask for you to pray about doing. We want everybody to pray about giving one month's extra of giving by the end of the year. So whatever your normal monthly giving is, we want you to pray about giving one extra month's worth of giving by the end of the year. And if everybody does that, if everybody uh, plays a part in this, and not only do we fill our budget gap, but we can start putting money into those areas that we can fund that, like I said, take care of this church, take care of this facility, allows us to have services that, that meet and reach our people, but also allows us to reach the community uh, around us. And so we're going to be talking about this over the next, obviously, through the end of the year, but we want you just to start praying about it today. Uh, start praying about if you would be willing to join us in, in this and in helping to support press and what we do. At the end of the day, you are here because of the fact that you all have invested in this church. The monies that we've put into making these facilities uh, good facilities and allowing us to stream and allowing us to reach out to communities to do things like Monster Mash that we can serve the community. So, uh, like I said, we'll be talking more about this as we finish out the year, but I want it to be on your radar for you to be praying about that, of, of how you want to be involved and included uh, in the Go campaign. All right, so speaking of prayer, teach us to pray. Uh, we just ended the Where's My Mind series, and we thought this is a perfect way to follow up that series. Uh, prayer plays a major role in us dealing with our fears and our anxieties, and, but it doesn't stop there. Uh, prayer is a foundational piece to the life of a follower of Christ, and so we want to dig in. Over these next three weeks, we are going to be digging into the Lord's Prayer together and looking at uh, how prayer is, is shown to us in scripture. And so with that, uh, we are going to jump to our car video. Again, if you are new with us today, every week, almost every week, the pastors, we get together, we hop in the car, and we talk about the message for the day. So let's go ahead and watch the car video. New series this week, Sean. Oh yeah. I'm talking about prayer. Nice. It's new-ish, but everything works together. And there is right? nothing new under the sun. So. Ecclesiastes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so it all ties together, right? It does. Oh, yeah. Where is my mind moves into, well, it needs to be postured towards God. We, we use that word postured a lot, right? <laughs> uh, but that means oriented yeah, like or, towards or, yeah, God yeah. and understanding that we are not God. And in that, 
God is. reminded over and over yeah. and over Repeat, again right. that we, we are not God. Nonstop. Right. Right. Yeah. It is a constant reminder yeah, yeah, yeah. that God is God and we are not. Yeah. So prayer is the way of yeah. doing that. Like reminding ourselves and communicating with God mm. from our hearts, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's how we view prayer though. Like I growing up didn't. You know, I mean, like, growing up, prayer was, well, it's what you did right before bed and before you ate. <laughs> Why? Well, because if you didn't acknowledge God, then you might choke on your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much of... You better, because that, you know, that meal you're eating is going to yeah, give you yeah. food poisoning if you uh, don't. That's right. So much of what we're trained in prayer, even even from a secular perspective, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe especially from a secular perspective, is this transactional element to prayer, right? It's superstitious. It is superstitious. Well, it's transactional or super... Yeah. It's yeah. Like yeah. The, yeah. Do and, it the right way. Say it in the right order. And you can easily misread some of the scriptures that give you this sense of this transactional relationship with God. If I do this, then I will get this, right? And uh, we think that in terms of how we treat people, if we say the prayer right or not, right? And that is a false reading of scripture. Mm -hmm. It's understandable that some people would get there because a surface reading might lead you to that conclusion, but that's not what it's actually saying. I I remember hearing someone pray and just saying, amen, at the end of it, mm-hmm. but not saying in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. Amen. And I thought, well, that was wasted. That Jesus won't hear that. Right? Yeah. You have to end it with that little, you know, uh, tagline. Yeah. It's like your signature. It's got to be on there, right. or it ain't getting through. And it's so sad that we get into those that frame of mind yeah. when, in reality, yeah, of course, saying in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus is a good thing, right? right because yeah, it's not a bad thing. And it's a reminder that only by the power of Jesus, exactly. Right, exactly. Right? you know, again, Jesus being fully God, mm-hmm. right? Which is another thing that isn't properly articulated a lot right. of the time. Um, and the work of the cross, yeah, it, those are powerful things. And so saying a prayer and ending it like that, that's a great thing. But yeah. when it gets to the point of where you can't say these couple of words, or if you don't say these couple of words, it doesn't work. The magic won't happen, right? <laughs> that's that's an incorrect yes. approach. Yeah, yeah. Or you you think you know what what did I do wrong that week that it didn't come to fruition? Or what right, I, yeah. You know, it's like oh man, I did something bad this week. That prayer is not going to be. Right. Answer. It's not going to take. I think that's the thing. We assume that we know the best for us. Right. Um, And and that's part of the process, too. God knows that. You know, it's like, but we just don't, I don't know, we don't like that. We, We like to think that. That we could do it better. That we could do it better. If he would just yeah. listen to yeah. us and fix certain things. <laughs> See? Just, if you would just do that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of times there is a, a tough, you know, point that one has to go through and. Uh, things don't turn out the way that you want right. them to, right? And you have to grieve that process, but trust that God is at work in right. all well, of this. I mean, what's the, you know, he, he wants us to grow. He wants mm-hmm. us to mature. How do you grow and mature? It's not getting everything you want. Right. Wait, you go to your kid. Really? If you gave everything that your kid asked for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not going to develop. Yeah. It's it's in. They're going to be sick. They're going to have a lot of stomach aches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's give yeah, me more a lot candy. Of candy this week, right? <laughs> right. right. 
Yeah, that, that's it's in the the tension and the conflict and the hard parts of life that you grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so praying to avoid all pain mm. is not going to ultimately give you what God wants for you, which mm. is growth. Yes. Mm. And so we need apparently prayer is more than just yeah praying about avoiding bad things mm. or getting or the getting, good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, it really begs the question though. Then what? What is prayer about? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I find it interesting with when it comes to prayer. Uh, prayer is not a a weird thing to talk about. Like a lot of people talk about prayer, it's fairly common in our society, um, but it is very misunderstood. Um, how, how many times have you seen that? You know, the text. You know, thoughts and prayers. You know, that's a, that's a pretty typical thing you see when something's going bad. Oh thoughts and prayers, or I'll be praying for you. I, I catch myself, if I ever, if I, if I say that to you, like if I say, oh, I'll be praying for you, and I don't pray for you like on the spot, you need to call me out, all right? And then you need to call yourself out when you do that. If you are with somebody that's actively asking for prayer, and you say, I'll be praying for you, pray for them right then and there, please. Like, just step out and do that. But it's amazing how many of us don't follow through with that. We'll say, I'll be praying for you, and then not pray for them, but we feel okay about it because we know by me saying, I'll be praying for you, they feel good. Oh, well, I made them feel good. I made them feel like they're important for that split second, but why, why, why is it? Either we don't believe in the power of prayer or we don't know why we're praying. Uh, and a lot of us, it might even come down to, we don't know how to pray. You know, so, so what's the point? Why pray? What does it do? What, does it work? How does it work? How do I know if it's working? How do I do it? When, when we look at Scripture, there's two places in particular where Jesus lays out how to pray. Uh, those two places are in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke, cha- Luke excuse me, chapter 11. Uh, the section in Matthew chapter 6, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. If you're familiar with that, Jesus is in front of a large crowd of people, and he's talking to them, and he goes into teaching them to pray. And then in Luke chapter 11, we see Jesus' disciples specifically come to him, and they ask him, Jesus, how do we pray? How, how, do, we, how do we pray? And when you compare both of these sections, you'll notice they're very similar, but they're not exactly the same. And I think it's important that we recognize they're not exactly the same because I think a lot of us can fall into the trap of saying, I have to say the exact thing in the exact way with the right, I don't know, feel and flow. And if I don't do it exactly right, God's not going to hear it. And even in these two passages of Jesus speaking to people about prayer, they are slightly different. There's some things that aren't in one that are in the other. But at the same time, the main point and the main focus and what, and what Jesus is trying to get across still comes through. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to be diving into the Lord's Prayer and breaking down verse by verse, what do we see about prayer and what is prayer all about? So if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. And this is the passage that we're going to be in today. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're going to be going into today. So the first phrase here, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Right off the bat, we see the importance of setting the power structure. 
you, God, you are in charge. You are over us. You are, you are up there. I am down here. And so by Jesus using the word father, he's also conveying a dynamic of love and of care. It's not just God. It's father. There's a dynamic there that comes through. And I want to take a, a moment here to know that there are some of us today that even, even this word father, like this is hard for you to work through. There's people in here who either didn't have fathers or had really bad fathers. And so even seeing this father, praying father, that, that word can have some, some, I don't know, layers to it that are really hard for you to work through. And talking to God and saying father doesn't seem to line up. Heck, even if you had good fathers, our fathers will never reach or meet up to the standard and character of who God is. And so this may be something for you as you pray through this and you're addressing God as father, recognizing what that actually means. That you actually have a father that loves you and cares for you and has accepted you. And many of us, again, that's a hard thing to work through. In Max Lucado's book, The Great House of Prayer, he says that the first two words of, of the prayer are significant because the words, our Father, reminds us that we have been chosen and adopted by God. So we're not speaking of a God that's far off. We're not speaking of some like distant power that's kind of out there somewhere doing its thing. We're, we're, we're speaking of a God who is close, one that has welcomed us into his family. As I mentioned earlier, the Jesus, you know, Jesus' point in prayer isn't so that you, you always say our Father in heaven. If, if, you, if you don't start your prayer with our Father in heaven, that's, you know, it's not like it's not going to be heard. But we should recognize who we are talking to. Who is it that we are talking to? Who is it that we are praying to? And in so, you're not only defining the fact that you view God in a certain way, that you see him as above, you see has him as in control and in power, and, and see him as somebody who loves you, but you are also defining now who you are, who I am as the, as the one praying. Who am I? I am a son. I am a daughter of God. I am loved. I am accepted. I am adopted into this family. And at Press, you know, we talk about wanting to help people embrace your identity in Christ. And prayer is one of the core foundational ways that we remind ourselves what our identity is. Who we are. Who God says we are. And it also reminds us of him who is in power. Our Father. Next line. Hallowed be your name. Anybody use hallowed this week in conversation? <laughs> I'd see if you can put that in like a tweet or a, you know, something this week. Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means made holy. So, so basically we're saying, may your name be made holy. Even the word holy is uncommon and usually misunderstood, which can make this section easily dismissed in the prayer. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Okay, holy, holy is your name. Okay. And to me, at first glance, this, this phrase can not make much sense. May your name be made holy. So does my prayer affect the holiness of God's name? Do I actually control 
how holy God's name is? Do, do I have that much power? Do we have that much power that we can actually limit the holiness of God's name? No, is the quick answer. But a well-known theologian, Martin Luther, I don't know if you heard of you know, Martin Luther, kind of well-known name, he addresses this point, and he points out that in our use of it, his name is not kept holy. In our use of it, his name is not kept holy. He says, as Christians, we bear the name of Christ. And because of this, we are praying that God keeps us from dishonoring his name. So when we say, hallowed be your name, holy is your name, may your name be holy, we are praying that as we interact in our daily life, that we may keep his name holy, that we may represent and reflect his name and what his name means. I think of this phrase, may all that I am represent all that you are. May what I do represent you well. And while we know that we'll never fully achieve this, we can never meet the perfection of what God is and the holiness of who God is, it places us in a mindset that is more consistent, again, with who God is and what his name represents. You think about that. How am I representing the name of God in my words, in my actions? And so as you pray, whether that be in the morning or in the afternoon or at night, God, may I be reminded to keep your name holy. May I be able to play a part in keeping your name holy. Not that you are holy because of anything that I do, but that because we are part of your body, because we've been adopted in, because you've accepted us, because we represent you, now we are a representation to the people around us of who you are. May we keep your name holy. In that last section, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I was reading um, multiple books on prayer this week, but one of the books in particular, it says, we have the tendency to pray as casually as we order food at a drive-thru. And I thought, ouch. Ouch. Uh, I'll take a couple blessings, uh, pay raise at work, substitute traffic for some clear highways, and maybe an extra side of health. I mean, think about it. Think about the last prayer you prayed. What were you praying for? Let's see, God, how can you make my life better? I like this. Could really use some of this, a little more of that, less of that. Can you fix that person at work that I don't like? They're really annoying. Just can you fix them? But it's, it's, it's like that. And, and in doing this, we cheapen the authority of God. We see God as a just, you know, what I can get from him. That's our motivation in prayer. What can I get from God? And, and in doing this, again, I'm convicted. I was thinking about this as I, as I pray with my kids at night. Every night we pray, and I'm thinking about this. I'm like, how am I, how do my prayers show my kids the character of God? What do my kids learn about God because of the prayers that I pray? What are the things that we're actually praying for? And, and when we do this, like, give me this, give me that, you know, and, and think of only what I can get, I, I get this, I just get this picture of God just saying, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Think of, like, the most important person that you, you know of. And if you went up to them, just like, hey, can you, can you do this for me? I need this and this and, and, and this too. Can you, can you go ahead and do that? 
you know, you, you meet a president or you meet somebody important and just, oh, hey, can you, can you handle this for me? Can you just do, and just nonchalant, like, oh, you know. And yet so many times, that's, that, that's our prayers. We, we, we come with this, uh, with this idea that it's just God giving me what I want. And because we don't live in a kingdom, we don't really live under the rule of a king, we, we can miss the weight of what a king represents and what it represents here. If you're familiar with the story of Esther in the Old Testament, uh, there, there, you'll be aware of some of the potential dangers of going to the king. So Esther's speaking to uh, Mordecai in the story, and she says this, she says, all the king's officials and people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. Being a king... That was, that was a pretty high position. We don't have anything like that, right? We, we can't even relate, relate to that. And, and so it's important for us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, re- recognizing the magnitude of God as king. God as king over us. And the awesome part is, in this, that we have a king that wants to be a part of our lives. You can look at it in two different ways. You can go, wow, there is a king, a mighty God, who actually wants to be a part of our lives, who actually wants to be in communion with us and wants to be in communication with us. That's a, that's, that's a big deal. It's not a king that's waiting for us to mess up. Not a king that's waiting to punish us. It's a king that wants to be close with us that wants to be involved in what we are doing. And prayer is meant to reflect that very truth, that we have a God that wants that with us. By saying, thy kingdom come, we are asking God and inviting God to be present in the here and now of our lives, in our emotions, in our desires, in our thoughts. That's awesome. That's amazing. And that, again, we, we miss, like, that. you wouldn't have had that with a king, all right? Like, that, that wouldn't have existed. And here, God is saying, I'm, I want to be a part. I want to be in these things. To me, the hard part of the section is, thy will be done. Yeah, your kingdom come. Your will be done as long as it lines up with where I'm going and what I want to do, and it's not too painful, and, right? Thy will be done, that's a scary one. And again, this is more for us than God. You don't control God. He's not a genie that, you know, you, you rub the lamp a certain way and say the right thing and you get this. It's not like that. Saying your will be done is not giving permission for God's will to be done. It's, it's helping us. It's helping you and me embrace what God is doing and saying, God, you are in control. Your will be done. I, and I'm, and I've been, I'm submitting to that. You don't need my permission. Be like your kid, like, you, you like having to give your kid, or the, switching the dynamic. Mom and dad, you need to get my permission. No, it doesn't work that way. Although your kids would like to think it does, <laughs> right? I, I see this, thy will be done. I see this phrase as a request for God's grace. 
I see this as a request for God's grace. God, give me the grace to live out my life in accordance with your will. Whatever that brings, wherever you're taking me, wherever I'm going, whatever I come across, may I live, will you give me grace to live this out in accordance with your will, knowing that you're in control, you're in power. We, we get a glimpse of this uh, when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's captured to be crucified. Jesus is praying, he's asking the disciples to pray, they keep falling asleep, and he's praying and praying, and we see him say, Father, if this cannot pass unless, sorry, Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, will your will be done? If I have to go through this crucifixion, if I have to be crucified, if I have to go through this pain and anguish, your will be done. And we see this, Jesus, fully God, fully man. We see his flesh. We see the anxiety of what is to come while also acknowledging God's will, the purpose of him being here, to die, to raise again for us. He's acknowledging the will of God. He's not dismissing the, the tough elements of it. He's not dismissing that it's hard. He's not going beyond that. He's saying, yes, this is the cup that I have to bear. This is what you have given me to bear. Your will be done. I think of the song, it is well. It's well with my soul. Whatever my lot, it is well with my soul. It's not always going to be easy. Following Jesus isn't always easy. And, and to say that it, it is, I think, dismisses when we go through hard times, because now you're either questioning, one, am I not good enough? Am I not doing it right? Or is God not good? Is, is, is he not holding up his end of the deal? And neither are true. And so you're stuck in a lie. You're stuck in a lie of both who God is and who you are. So when we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, what, whatever is happening, I want to be a part of it. I want to be involved. I want to be able to see you in it. I want to acknowledge the fact that you are more powerful than I can imagine. And all those things that I think are good for me, the things that I think will be the best, I don't know. You see the future. You see what's going on. And so as we close today, I want to I leave us with just, just a few takeaways that we see from these verses that can potentially help us as we pray in these coming weeks. Number one is this. Prayer should acknowledge the power and authority of God. You don't have to say Father in heaven. You can say it a different way. The, the, the point is, are you acknowledging the power and authority of God? Are you seeing him as above you, as knowing more, as in control, and reminding yourself about that? God, you are in charge. You are God. I am not. You can say Father. You can say Jesus. You can say God. You can say Father God in heaven. You can say it exactly like the Lord's Prayer, and that's great too. It doesn't make it more or less holy. Where's your heart in this? Are you acknowledging God? The second one is this. Prayer should remind us of our standing with God. Prayer should remind us of our standing with God. I am accepted and loved by God the Father. 
as a, as a believer in Jesus, I carry his name. I carry that identity. And again, I am not God. And I think if, if we were to, to, to do these two, acknowledging the power and authority of God, is as we start praying this week, acknowledging the power and authority of God and, and reminding ourselves who we are because of God, I think we may be surprised what comes after that intro. We may start to ask for things differently. We may start to approach God differently. And so over the next couple of weeks, we are going to continue to work through these passages. But specifically this week, focus on those two areas. Focus on how you're acknowledging the power of God in your prayer and reminding the power of God while also reminding yourself who you are. For this series, we're going to be releasing uh, some daily prayer practices, filming some one to two minute videos that we're probably going to be putting out. And each weekday throughout the next couple weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, we're going to have some, just some thoughts that can help us as we begin to pray. And again, it's, it's not like, hey, this is more holy or less holy or doing it right. Or it's, it's how can we focus our minds in this time of prayer? How can we set our minds on things above? How can we remember who we are and who God is? And that's important. So wherever you are today, whatever your prayer life is like, I hope that these can be some practical steps for us to start seeing ourselves and seeing God as we should. Not seeing ourselves as just lowly and terrible, but seeing us, we are accepted and loved by God, and we have a God that wants to be in communication with us. He wants us to go to him. He wants us to tell him what's going on, but he also, as we see in this, he wants us to acknowledge and recognize his power and his authority. And that's important. So let's pray for our heads. God, we do recognize your authority and your power and just the magnitude of who you are. We can't even fully grasp that, God. God, I pray that in our lives that we would be a reflection of you and your name, that we would help keep your name holy, that we would reflect that. That as we go through our weeks, that we would be a part in, in and seeing your kingdom come, and we'd be a part of your will, God, and that we would be recognizing, God, it's not our will, it's your will, and being willing to embrace that. God, I pray that you would use us to make a difference in this community, that you would use us to help other people see your love. God, give us the grace to work through all of these things whatever we're going through, wherever we find ourselves this week. And God, I pray that each of us would take time this week to do that, to focus on who you are. God, we trust you. We put our faith in you. And it's because of you that we do this, God, that we are here. May our lives reflect our love for you and our faith in you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may stand and join us as we continue in this time of worship.
Shut up.